0: Holy moly. On today's episode, we have one of my dear friends, Jim Quick. Yes, the Jim Quick, it's the guy who wrote the book Limitless, the like number one brain podcast in the world, the Quick Brain Podcast, an absolute dear friend of mine, a legend in his own right. And we talk about everything brain and everything that you can do to supercharge your brain. And I probably have an hour of journaling in me after this one. Lots of tears, lots of emotions, and lots of breakthroughs just from this episode on where I'm going to make my business better, my brain better, and my world better through these simple practices that take less than five minutes a day. So without further ado, let's go listen to the episode. So let's go cue the intro now. Welcome to the Mind of George Show. This is a free-for-all Friday episode where just about anything can happen. I've had business leaders come on and share insider industry secrets. I've had monks and hypnotherapists come on, talk about mindset, discipline, the subconscious, and even swearing at me, which I never thought I would hear from a monk. Plus, I've had hours of spilling my deepest thoughts, fears, ideas, and everything in between the earlobes in my mind of George. But you can find all the episodes at mindofgeorge.com and you never know what can happen on a free-for-all Friday. But one thing that can be guaranteed is it will either be eye-opening groundbreaking, or at the very least, entertaining. So let's open our minds and get into the show. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Mind of George Show. This is a free-for-all Friday, and I couldn't be more happy, excited, exuberant, or super frat-like, casualistic, expialidocious to have today's guest. He is a machine in the best way possible with one of the biggest hearts ever. He's somebody that I call a friend, a mentor, a teacher, Somebody that I would stand in a fighting hole with day after day for all the right reasons. He is an absolute muse when it comes to memory, the brain, and helping people unlock all of their potential. So today I would like to welcome, with the biggest warm welcome, Jim. Welcome to the show.
1: George, thank you so much. And I feel the same way about you. A good friend, mentor, someone that I would definitely go shoulder to shoulder to battle with. Thank you. Thank you. And everyone who's listening. This is a long time coming, man.
0: It is. It is. I remember those nights in your apartment, it was like 1am and we were working on the podcast, like back in the day before it was like the top podcast in the world and all, I, I cherish those moments. Like those are some of those memories yeah. I look back on that I'm glad that I remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: what memories are all about. And so I really appreciate your, your time, your talent, your, your
0: real treasure, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know. Thanks, man. I'm going to frame this conversation. I'm going to get the waveform printed out and I'm going to write those words above it. I'll put it on my <laughs> That was good. I'm a words of affirmation guy. So you're like right there where it matters today. So I'm honored to have you. I'm sitting out here looking at a snowstorm. And I, I always ask this question. And I know a lot about your story. I know a lot about your journey, but I I think it's really important that we unpack these things. And so the first question I always ask everybody is, when you look back at your career, you have done everything from coaching A-list celebrities and athletes and actors on memory to healing your own brain, learning that learning was a superpower that could be learned. And you've been all over the gamut, but when you look back over this entire illustrious career of experience, where do you see one of like those biggest pivotal Mistakes or moments that was made, and then what did you learn from it and take forward? Yeah, wow, what a great opening question <laughs> <laughs> to chat <you had> about. We're <laughs> not
1: one of those light conversations, I hey, Through my adversity, I've always seen adversity almost as a, an advantage. I, I'm a big fan of the superhero archetype and the journey and hero's journey, and you go from this kind of ordinary world, get introduced to an extraordinary world, and you face dragons and demons, and you get a mentor, you find your Yoda or your your Miyagi or someone along the way, and at some point you come back and you share that elixir or that treasure with the rest of the world. And so I would say I've had a number of those moments not over three decades of my career. And what difficult time was, as many people, it was in this in 2020, most most recently, I think a lot of people could obviously we have a lot of these struggles, but hopefully some of these struggles led to strengths where a lot of people thought maybe 2020 was a year to get everything they wanted. And I think a lot of people found that they discovered that they appreciated what they everything that they had. And that was definitely for me. My one of the difficult times was and I, I, again, I have hundreds of them <laughs> that to, to be able to pull from, but it was the the launch of the book Limitless. It was my first book and you and I had uh, brainstormed a number of things just earlier in that process, and I waited a long time to put out my life's work, and I wanted it to be something special, and when, when it came out, my first book, obviously, we're at the height of a uh, pandemic, and it was in April of 2020, and everything went wrong in that process. I had 34 speaking engagements, the ones at like South by Southwest and Milken Conference, and Bulletproof conference, those kind of things, and 100% of them were canceled. I had uh, this nationwide uh, book tour canceled. And just everything was just uh, not one thing. You have a plan for things and <laughs> just like you have to rewrite it. And and as people say a lot, they have to pivot. For me, there was a big. I believe there's a quote in the book that you came across when you read it. Is is from a French philosopher, and he says, "Life is the C between B and D." B is birth, D is death. C life is choice, and uh, and then I I really do believe that these difficult times they could define us or they could diminish us or they could develop us. All, what we decide with the choices we make. So the choices I made when that happened was to change everything, to really refocus, not have a kind of pity party. And, and just really think, see where things are going, reach out to our community, move things to digital and more remote, where we have remote virtual book parties and tours, and spend more time on our podcast and our social media. I'm really a live events person, you, know, you and I have had the opportunity to share a, a stage multiple times, and I love, I really feed off of audiences and their energy and just you know, everything about that. So it was a change, a change for the good. We were able to do more, reach more people during that time because I wasn't on planes. You and I we used to travel what all the time. And there's sometimes I'd be on three continents in a week. And but there's no way I could sustain that, you know, and thinking about all the different cities I had to go to, but being at home remote and be able to do an Instagram live or Facebook Live or jump on a, a podcast or, or something like that. It was just be able to reach more people without having to pack. Yeah. And uh, go through airports and unpack, and go to hotels and sleep in you know weird environments and that I'm not familiar with and everything else like that. So it, it built, and I feel like that it became end up uh, being a success by the way. Anyway, we measured it. I'm very fortunate to come out of it where the book was an instant New York Times bestseller, number one on, on Wall Street Journal, and on across the board. But it was a lot of work, but it was a labor of love, and and I just think that sometimes we you know, we think about what gets me through it. And, and having grit was just purpose. I really feel a moral responsibility of helping people because of the way I struggled with concentration and distraction and labeled broken and just not being able to understand thing. And this imposter syndrome of trying to look smart, but not really feeling like I was smart, but now I just am i really driven and i have this unlimited amount of fuel and, and energy it has been good even in the past i've had very bad uh, sleep issues as where sleep apnea it's like a physiological breathing disorder where i stop breathing 200 something times a night and uh, would wake up suffocating and not traveling has actually been really good for me to rest and be able to replenish and recover and you always try to find the gift in it and i don't Wish things were that they way that they are right now, but we control the controllables. We control our focus. We control what these things mean. We control what we're going to do. We control even how we feel about things. And and then just I love the metaphor of a lighthouse, man. I just feel like that that those that we could be an example that the life we live are the lessons we teach others, and we could be a lighthouse for other people who are going through storms in their life, who are going through some foggy times, some darkness. And sometimes our scars end up being a lighthouse for other people also as well. Yeah. I love that. That's why I appreciate everything you're so giving, you know, with your time and your talent and just, I just, and like attracts. And that's why I love being here with you, with your community. Yeah, man,
0: I'm actually probably going to get emotional. I, a lot of people don't know, like the, the times, what I love so much about you is even from the day that I met you and, and we'd met many years before we became close like quite a few times but when like we met met like your just ability to be so authentic and transparent while also still committed to the vision was something that really like resonated with my heart and for everybody listening to this like there was a point where my wife was about seven months pregnant and I was a couple weeks away from bankruptcy at one of the biggest pivots in my life and the the man on the other end of this podcast is whose house I was at that was there at that pivotal moment of my life. And the lighthouse was born that day, my friend. Here we are quite a few years later. Yeah. But it's always been, you've always led me by your ability to like love both the world and what you do while also witnessing the journey that you're in that superhero archetype. And it's something that I admire so, so deeply. And it's really, it gave me a permission slip a long time ago to really own that story. Like the way that you turn your adversity into power. And as Uncle Jeffy says, right, I've had all those moments as well. And we, we were talking, yeah. I was talking to Jeff Spencer the other day and and he's like, that anxiousness, that feeling is just because you're lacking clarity and he's like, and so you be with it. And so I've always loved your ability, Jim, to just be, I watch you witness and be self aware and then choose that's one of the best analogies i've ever heard like the b c and d and the choice is what's in the middle and it's something that I've witnessed you do. And so I just want to say congrats on the book. It's really like full circle watching it go. And I know Clay and you and everybody else was out right. there and watching it go in the world. And then all my students and people like, do you know, Jim, this book I can read. I'm like, yeah. I do. I'll send him a text every time that you, you say this to me. And I love it. So thank you for putting that work into the world. I know what goes into a book. I know what goes into the marketing of a book. I know what goes into that whole tour. And one of the things that I really think that you did in that book is you gave people a permission slip to be themselves and also start to realize that we're the ones that are ultimately responsible for our creation of our brain, for our superpower, for what we do. And one of the things that I learned from you, and you said this very early on when I heard you talk, is like you had to basically make learning a skill. It was like a muscle. And and I struggled for years. As an entrepreneur, when I got into this world, I'm like, how do they remember so much? I can't even read a book. I can't make it through two pages. Like I'm just destined to be like this and destined to be like this. And it was through you that I realized that as long as I chose to pursue something different every day, to, to read something, to pick something up, to train that muscle that I could literally become anyone I want. And, and you put me through this exercise one day, we were somewhere and you were like giving me this visualization of remember names. And I watched you remember like a hundred names off the top of your head. And as a guy that had brain injuries, just like you, it was really profound. And you know what I would love, and one this is one question I'm gonna selfishly ask you because yeah. <laughs> I gotta start with me. Is I love reading now. It's something that I picked up after I met you. I read all the time. But there's this thing that happens when like, I go to read a book or listen to a book. I can't make it more than 10 seconds without my thoughts like chasing. And then I'm like, wait, do I read the page again? And then I go back and read it again. And I feel like I can't concentrate. Can you unpack that for me and help me?
1: Yeah. You're definitely not alone. I think if anyone's listening to this, they can relate to this. They're like, I thought I was the only one. (laughs) <laughs> but we know that I, I would imagine a lot of people who are here with us, they had the experience where they read a page in a book and then just forgot what they just read and their mind wanders, they have trouble concentrating. And, and one of the reasons why I feel like is just because uh, two reasons. Number one, we're driven to distraction with our devices. We're always flexing that distraction muscle. Where we're always going from Slack to Texas to social media to all these different things. And our attention span some people say are shrinking and and getting smaller and but besides that some of us when we're studying something we're sometimes we're processing it too slow and it's possible that we go too slow and it's i don't know riding a bicycle really slow if you're riding it really slow you start to wobble and you could even fall if you're going too slow and the brain we know is this incredible supercomputer but when we read or we study something we're feeding it so one word at time and metaphorically we're we might be even starving our own mind and if we don't give our mind the stimulus it needs it'll seek entertainment elsewhere in the form of distraction and it's interesting because when you're going really slow like you're driving really slow and as you're In some town in Montana, right? You can be doing five, six different things when you're going super slow. You can be drinking your your coffee and texting and having a chat with somebody, thinking about something else. And but when you're racing a car, you're not going. You're not doing those. You're not trying to multitask. You're thinking of the act of driving and what's in front of you. And you're not thinking about the dry cleaning or something you have to do with clients. And part of the reason is the speed. Directs the focus, and because there's focus, you have concentration and you have retention and you have better understanding and comprehension. And so sometimes we're going too slow. So, part of it is stop, we need to stop flexing our distraction muscles all the time and exercise some kind of control, or at least balance it out with some kind of meditation or something else that would build your concentration, your attention span. The other thing is maybe you need to go a little bit, we need to go a little bit faster than we're used to. And then the other thing is I'm obsessed with this answer is the third bonus answer. For everybody is to ask more questions. We, we know that your, know, our minds, primarily it's a deletion device. It's trying to keep information out. There's a billion things we could be paying attention to at any given time. So we're trying to filter it all out. And what we let in are the things that we're interested in and the things that we, we have inquiries about. And, uh, when you ask a new question, you hijack that part of your brain called the reticular activating system, RAS. It's, and people should know that for marketing. I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs that are listening also in terms of your customers or your prospects focus. But when you ask a new question, you let certain things in and then you start seeing those things everywhere. As anyone who's ever bought an outfit or bought a car or whatever, they start seeing that, that thing everywhere. It's always been there, but we deleted that. Remember, that's part of that billion stimuli we kept out. And so the things we let in are asking questions, and I feel like sometimes when we're learning something, we don't have enough conscious questions that we're asking about of the material. Questions like even like how can I use this? Why must I use this? When will I use this? And be obsessed because then it then the content acts like like those questions like a magnet. And it's just oh there's an the answer there's an the answer there's an the answer, and those questions direct your focus and it'll hold your concentration far longer than if you're asking if someone's asking am I am I really getting this or what's this person doing? And your focus gets hijacked somewhere else. I would say, train your focus because it's a muscle. I would say, be wary that maybe we're learning too slow. Maybe we could go a little faster to maintain our concentration to keep it interesting to ourselves. And then also ask more questions and and asking you shall
0: receive. Wow. That is, that's amazing. I just had near I all on the podcast and we talked about mm-hmm. distraction and obviously near. So that one is completely covered. But what you just said, Jim is really interesting because I'll be reading and I'm like, Oh, I have to slow down to so I don't forget, but I'm actually creating a self-fulfilling prophecy because I'm going slower. And then I'm allowing myself to get distracted out of this FOMO of, I'm going to miss something, or I'm not going to remember something. But I know exactly what you're talking about because it's you hit that moment where you're like, oh, this level or this speed requires my full focus, and I feel like what's happening for me is I'm not maybe present or intentional enough. When I'm reading because I'll sometimes I'll default to it as like a checkbox. Like I'll be on a flight and I'll just be like, oh, I should read instead of I want to read, and then I go in with a slow speed. And so, okay. Yeah it's a muscle. I get to practice. I get to flex. I get to be in And I love the
1: other word you use, get. That's not got. It's a lot of people say, I got to pick up the kids. I got to work out. I got to read. But when you take a little change, change of languaging from got to get, all of a sudden you have gratitude and it just feels completely different. And so amazing. And, and I, I, I applaud you also because it's one of those things where gratitude, I feel like also for the beginning of learning, sometimes we need a little chaos. We need to understand... Just another thing people could do just to stimulate questions is to maybe just scan the material first, because it'll give you a nice overview of the content. And then when you're scanning, looking at graphs or, you know, headlines or whatever, you never know what it is. So you start to ask questions of yourself unconsciously. So then when you actually read it through it slower and it's like, oh, there's an answer. So maybe creating that structured chaos in the beginning by scanning will actually spark questions. Mm -hmm. And uh, so when you actually go through and read it, you'll be like more grounded and more focused.
0: Yeah. It's like speed dating for reading. And this (laughs) is something that I didn't understand. And I think Jim, one of the things that you, you really helped me kickstart a few things, but even in the beginning, when I started reading, I was like, I have to read every book and I have to read every page. Like it was like this very rigid and it has to look a certain way relationship with reading but now there's plenty of times and through a lot of coaching like i've been coached on how to read and they're like if you're not interested in it don't try to force it because you're not going to retain it and i love that idea of hey pick it up grab some sections go around see what piques your curiosity and then dive into the book which leads me to a question about reading and retention and and i don't think i've ever talked about this this one is uh little bit of humility here. So there's a part of this where like on paper, I'm a successful entrepreneur, right? Like I am really good at marketing. I'm like the queen's gambit with marketing. That's what I see. (laughs) I was so glad when that movie or that show came out, I was like, guys, that's what it looks like in my brain with emails, with social media. That is what I see. And one of the things that comes up is I've been coming across this lately, Jim, where I have like friends me like, Hey, read this book or read this from this psychologist or boom. And I'll sit down to read it within the first three paragraphs. I feel like dumb. I was like, I don't know these words. I don't understand the context. And I find myself like trying to read it three or four times to understand, and then I'll get frustrated. And I'm like, I really want to know. But when you're talking about the dissonance of middle America, post industrial revolution with confirmation bias, I was like, can we use English, please? And I'm trying to figure out now, what are some tools or what are some ways, like when I get hit with one of those roadblocks, do you look up the definition of the word? Do you break it down? I would love some tips on that.
1: Yeah, I, and I, I think good talking about speed, reading something faster that you don't understand will make it any easier. If you don't, if somebody doesn't understand, whether it's uh, neuroscience or French, speed reading it's not going to help that 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 process. There's a book. It's maybe a little probably hard to find. It's called Understanding. It's interesting, and uh, and it's 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 going back to its. The, that everyone contributed, a few dozen individuals contributed from their point of view, what it means uh, to understand something. So they asked someone like uh, David Blaine, a magician, what does it mean to understand something? Or they went to uh, Frank Gehry, a world-famous architect, and say, what does it mean to understand something? And it's written by a, a man named Richard Solgorman, Richard Solgorman, and he, his name sounds familiar He's written almost hundred books on information management. And he's the creator of TED. Mm-hmm. So he created uh, TED, the whole thing. And later um, Chris Anderson bought it. But so he got a number of individuals together and saying, what does it mean to understand something from your point of view? And uh, and so it's interesting uh, book. And I'm sure some people, we could find it online. I contributed a chapter when it came to memory, because he came to me as a memory expert saying from your point of view, we don't really understand something unless so we can recall it right? And I gave some insights on that. So going back to your question, I would say that first, I, I love that we could have curiosity about this instead of as much uh, judgment, meaning sometimes instead of judging ourselves, that we take a pause and a breath and got curious about it, I think that the curiosity could lead where the latter, with where we're judging ourselves, maybe could, you know, hurt our, our, our self-confidence and everything else. But the, the former will actually, when you're curious, it'll lead to some more self-awareness. It'll leave uh, or it'll lead to even more self-confidence when we don't judge ourselves and instead get just a little curious of why it is the way it is. And knowing that we could do, you know anything, but we can't do necessarily everything, and that what I've learned even with the research of the book Limitless, is that these limits are learned. And the good thing is they can be unlearned uh, the limits of our mindset, the limits of our motivation, limits even in the methods that we're using. We might be, some people listening might be using old methods for marketing, methods that won't work today because they've been tried and, and uh, no longer is true with the, with the current environment. So sometimes we have to up-level our skills and maybe their conversation is that we shouldn't be shrinking necessarily our goals and our dreams to meet our current reality, maybe we should be expanding our capabilities and our commitments, our curiosity to be able to meet those bigger dreams, whether it's whatever their goals happen to be, whether they're financial, their health, or relationships, their reading speed, or anything else. And getting curious is, is a nice framework mm-hmm. instead of judging, because the mm-hmm. uh, studies done in self-compassion saying that when we're kind to ourselves and more understanding, we're more likely to follow through, as opposed to we have that kind of self-destructive or that kind of, or really hard on ourselves. And then I love getting curious over like things like definitions. That's why we spend time in our programs and teaching people how to learn vocabulary words, because often the vocabulary words could be a significant part of understanding. If you just, you know, could define a lot of these words that we didn't know before we'd have a greater understanding of that chapter of that audio book or that, that physical book that we're reading. I'm a big note taker. So I'll actually, if I need to, if I'm reading something very technical, I use a visual pacer when I underline words. I find that it it, it greatly can enhance anyone's focus and their speed. And because their focus is better, their comprehension will be better. Mm -hmm. Um, Not going down a page, but just underlining everything, not actually inking up your page or touching the screen on your digital device. But just like right above it, using a visual pacer will boost anyone's reading speed approximately 25, 50% just right off the bat without any kind of training because our eyes are attracted to emotion. But I'll use, I'll, I'll often read when I'm reading something technical, with a pen and I'll underline words that I don't know yet to come back to. Or if I feel inclined and nobody, there's no rules on this. We could take a break right there and just go online and, and look up that word. And that's the other thing we could, we know monks can meditate on a paragraph or, or just a word for an inordinate amount of time. There's always more comprehension. So the other thing is thinking is good but overthinking and want it to be perfect. Nobody has perfect comprehension of everything mm-hmm. and perfect retention of what they're learning at any given time. And sometimes the fastest way to learn something is just not to you know, read it at all. If we find out that this is not getting the outcome that we want, but I find that a lot of people don't have an outcome for when they're learning. If they're listening to this podcast right now and uh, they don't have certain questions or an outcome to be able to be reached, it's cliche, but often it's true. Like most cliches, you can't hit a target that you can't see. Mm-hmm. And so having an outcome, I I tend to map out. I don't see things like you do maybe on the ceiling, chessboards, metaphorically like yours, whether they're funnels or anything else like that. But I do have a mind map generally of the things that are important for me, where it's my current level understanding, where in the middle, I'll put something like health and wellness, right? And then as spokes or, or branches that come out of that core tree, the different forces that that lead to that, maybe it's nutrition and off of that branch, you have food. And off of that branch, you have keeps on going down to micro. I find that is very satisfying to my whole brain, meaning that it's not something that I could scan in or I could scan out, but I could see relationships together. And so these are the kind of things I'm looking for as I'm reading to make it a little bit easier for myself. I'll take notes, I'll look up words and I'll use memory mnemonic tricks to be able to memorize those words. We get our students. Whether they're elementary school or junior high school students or medical students or whatever, doing 10 words a day, 10 minutes a day using these kind of fun memory tricks. But yeah, it's just knowing that it's not fixed, just like our mindset, it's not set like our shoe size, that our memory and our intelligence. Has has growth potential, but it requires discipline, it requires training, it requires anything worthwhile, dedication. Mm-hmm. But the good news is, the bad news is it takes effort, we win, but the good news is it doesn't take as much as people think. And it's certainly a lot more fun when you're doing it in these kind of whole brain methods instead of rote memory, where the kind of stuff that we, you might have done as a kid, where you're just mm-hmm. repeating something over and over and over again until your brain just yields to like boredom and submission.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Jim, this could be, I'm glad you have a hard stop because I have 64 open loops right now that I (laughs) want to pull, but I'm going to pull the the ones that are important to me. One thing that you said is you said curiosity, right? Like this ability to be an inquiry. And what popped into my brain was that there's these times where I'm romantic about how I've done it, even though the method might be old, just simply because I haven't given myself the time to be curious or explore, like it's born out of insecurity for me. Like I've done it this way so many times. And so then I get rigid and I'm like, this is the way, but really just simply going through the lens of it, that could be a way, but how else could it go? What else is there would help? expand that capacity to meet that bigger goal instead of shrinking down and so that one landed for me very (laughs) intensely (laughs) in a good way and then the other thing is when you were talking about this i I actually remember now i'll be reading or i'll be talking to you and i'll hear you use a word and the moment we're done i will go look up that word and i'll probably use that word a thousand times uh, until it's gone but until i warn it's welcome but then i really Remember it like I embody it. Like I'll remember like when I found out what pedantic meant, and then Mm -hmm. my wife after 30 days, you cannot use that word again. Is pedantic, and but that's how I like learn. I'll grab it up and then I'll use it. I'll figure out where it matches and where it doesn't match. And so those were two really big takeaways for me. And then the one that I think is so powerful that you said is the reading with intention, like having an outcome. And we talk about this everywhere. And there's so many times where. I've found myself going to read because I was actually using it to distract from what I knew needed to be done. It was like, oh, I'm going to go read. I'm going to go learn something. Learning something doesn't create consistency on what my promised deliverables already were. I'm not going to learn something that's going to help me over deliver. And so that outcome base and that intention is really huge. And I'm now like linking about, oh, I can go be like, hey, I have an hour today. I'm my intentions just to go learn something random and be curious. And then it's, oh, I wanna go this. I'm gonna go look at limitless to remember some of these brain games. And adding that outcome just seems like it's such a massive needle mover with such a small level of input or planning. Yeah. Like it just it seems like the ultimate cheat code here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> steal that one. No, I, I think the power, I, I think intention matters with everything,
1: even yeah. if people want to remember people's names, a lot of people never have have the intention to they never make the decision upfront that they're, that this is important to, to be able to show that you care for somebody. And I think just even without using any technique, mnemonic device, visualization, just, or even repetition, if you just had the intention of showing this person that you care. And instead of maybe ask, sometimes when we're faced with a dilemma or some kind of decision, most people, we go to, what, what do I need to do? Oh, I need mm-hmm. to remember this saying, But maybe a, a question to get curious about is instead of asking first, what do I need to do? Asking yourself, who do I need to be at this moment? Mm. Who do I need to be? Meaning that if I was caring or compassionate, some of those behaviors happen naturally in a relationship or even online. And I think people could feel your intent One of the questions I get a lot is just, they see people, me with um, certain celebrities or or what have you. And people ask like, what's, how does that happen? And first of all, I would say a lot of it happens with a bond of learning. they, They have a love for learning and they get attracted to my work because they are maybe where they are as an athlete or as a singer or performer because they are constantly learning to grow, but also like reading. But maybe also it's because I don't have a lot of, I don't have any... Agenda, talking about intents, where a lot of they're used to a lot of people having an agenda or wanting something from them. I sincerely just don't. And when that this happens. These are famous examples, but I think especially in the beginning of our relationship, you were such a giver, and without looking, you gave because not to get, you gave because of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that really makes people feel safe, even in marketing. You know, as, as we're putting our marketing caps here. Certainly we have bills and we want to be able to be able to use money to be able to grow and further our mission. But when you're there to be able to serve, I feel like that puts uh, that in 10 matters yeah. and people could feel it, especially now people are extremely sophisticated in their communication now and they could feel the slightest incongruency.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things that, and and thank you for that. I, I actually remember, the, I remember when we bumped into each other before we were close at Bulletproof, what booth we were in front of yeah. and what our conversation was and who I was standing with and who you were with. I remember all of it. And I even remember being like, no, man, like, I just want to help. Like, I, I can I just help? But it was always just connecting on the human level, which is so massive, but it actually brings me to something else. And which, by the way, people ask me the same thing. Like, how do you know Jim? I'm like, I just think Jim's like one of my, best dudes in the world like i just want to drink coffee hug him and sing kumbaya like i yeah it's great yeah. he's the brain master i was like but it's just jim i'd yeah. let him babysit my kids and branson would run up and, and play with him and stand in front of the massive whatever size incredible hulk that was at your house which was like 16 <laughs> feet and it's funny Lindsay and i had a, a we were cleaning our phones out the other day and we had the photo at your house of us in front of the iron man statue yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. doing the iron man pose
1: and just for people who are listening or just um i'm a Kind of, I love. I have this my kind of my homage to superheroes, just because growing up with three traumatic brain injuries before age of twelve, being bullied for my learning challenges and labeled, that wasn't. I didn't have quite a. You I know, mean, I, I had a good a childhood, but it was it definitely had its uh, moments. So now I can relive it today. And superheroes for me, as they represent something to me, because I couldn't read for a few years, like all the other kids, and taught myself how to read by reading comic books and something about heroes they just show that you the one person can make a difference they give you hope in dark times and a superhero is just somebody who has discovered their superpower and developed it they've worked you know hard for it batman or iron man or whoever but then they but then they don't just have a power they use it to serve and i think now we need we need more of those so that's uh that's why i collect these uh, little superhero things to remind me that I even have like this uh, portrait of Stanley for people watching us on video. Oh, wow. it's, uh, yeah. it's made out of can- it's made out of candy, <laughs> and uh, just remind me of talk about imagination and being limitless. He had two he had two passions in his later years. It, it, was, it was passions throughout his whole life. It was uh, he would uh, his uh, love telling stories. He'd still in his late eighties still go to work nine to five, and just tell stories. And his other passion was his uh, was his wife so just when you think about like limitless what's truly limitless is that there's no limit to our imagination he's demonstrated no limit to our creativity there's no limit to human connection and our ability to to come together in difficult times there's no limit to human our ability to persevere and so that's really what it's about even when the book came out people my publisher was like hey why don't you, you want to delay this you know i'm like i was like no this book is more than just a book on teaching people how to speed read and learn languages and remember names this is a book about managing your mind in times of crisis it's about how to support your kids if they're out of school it's about how to regain your focus and your flow if you're working at home with all the crazy distractions Mm -hmm. and anyway i think they're everyone who's listening to this especially entrepreneurs like they're they're modern day superheroes they create they solve problems they create jobs (laughs) they move the economy and so i appreciate everybody in their the cape that they wear
0: yeah. I got to give homage to my buddy, Alex and Alex Sharfin. He he says it best. He's we're the ones that are crazy enough to go out into the future, design what it looks like, come back into the present and build it into existence. And I was like, that's, yeah. that's a superhero for me. I agree. And just so everybody listening, just to give you a frame of reference, like I'm short, I can just jump really high or used to be able to, but like Jim, Jim doesn't collect little things <laughs> like this thing. This thing was like real life Hulk. Like it was like standing next to a T-Rex and it makes me happy thinking about it. Oh my God. One of the threads that I keep hearing, and, and this is a really good reminder for me is that my brain and our brains are no different than any other muscle in our body. If we ignore it atrophies and if we use it and we respect it and we have temperance and we treat it well and we help it recover and we stretch it and feed it and hydrate it, that it becomes better and better and better over time over and over. And as somebody personally, mine as well with seven traumatic brain injuries in three years and bleeding yeah. on my brain and fluid on my brain, and I've done everything I've done every therapy you can imagine scans, I've done stem cells, and nothing ever compares yeah. to like the the daily intention that I give to it. And one of the yeah. things that I struggled with, Jim is that once I got my memory back, and I was using it, it, I almost took it for granted again. I almost forgot that it used to be a quote unquote struggling brain. And I was like, oh, I can run a five minute mile an hour. I can run 20 miles so I don't have to run anymore. And it's been this yeah. new pursuit of being proactive and preventative as well. And I've learned a lot from you, but I ask people, have me, I have people ask me all the time, like, what are some really important and pivotal practices that they can do every day to flex their brain, increase their memory? anything that you have that like really helps people be intentional and move that
1: needle. Yeah. I'll give a handful of of ones. I recommend people take notes. Just want to remind everyone there's a learning curve, but there's also a forgetting curve. Sometimes we do read something or or hear something on a podcast and research suggests that within two days, just 48 hours, upwards of 80% of it could be gone. That's why it's so important to take notes and Really ask these driving questions. How can I use this? I'm so obsessed. That's one of my dominant questions. How can I use this? Why must I use this? When will I use this? Because as it's, you can't just get fit by reading a book on pushups. And um, then, so you have have to do the work and knowledge alone is not, it's not power. It's potential power becomes power when we apply it. You can read all the marketing books and have these conversations. And so how do you do that? A few things I would recommend. The nice exercise that I started to do with clients, especially during where people are physically distancing themselves, is people are complaining that their memory days would blend together. I don't know if any of your listeners or viewers here could relate to that. It's just like time is going by and they just don't even know what day it is. And one of the reasons from a memory standpoint is because we don't have those distinctive, unique experiences as we used to. Maybe you're not going out to dinner as much or going to concerts or going to parties or going to the movies or going to watch a play or something like that, a comedy show or anything. And maybe if you are physically distancing yourself, the days tend to blend because they all, it's the same. And so a quick exercise that only takes three minutes to do is every night is just to take two, three minutes and just review your day. And this is something called your episodic memory. Your episodic memory is that the episodes of your life. So if you have trouble remembering what you had for breakfast or what you wore that day or who you talked to, then this is the principle. And there's always a promise behind every principle. And the principle is there is no such thing as a good or bad memory. There's a trained memory and an untrained memory. As you mentioned, people want to go to the gym, but you don't go to the gym once and you're physically fit for life, right? Your your muscles, they respond to novelty, they respond to nutrition, they respond to rest, but you need to do your brain, your mental muscles. Like you want your physical muscles to be stronger and more energized, more flexible, more agile. Faster. You want your mental muscles to be. You want your memory to be sharper, right? You want your thinking to be clearer. You want to be your mental endurance. You want to get rid of that brain fog. So you need to be able to exercise. And one of the great exercises at night just review your day, and you won't get it perfectly. If you can talk to a partner, a family member, or even talk to your plants or your dog or your pet and talk out loud, because they call it the explanation effect. When you learn and you learn with the intention of teaching somebody else, you explain it to somebody else, you learn it way deeper. I'm not sure if you had this experience, but you You were already a world-class entrepreneur and marketer. And when you started consulting and work in teaching and speaking on stages and and, and doing live, raw, like uh, hot seats, which which is not easy to do. I've seen you in your elements where many people, they don't do that because they, they don't feel prepared, but you can just like, what's your, and you just handle it right there. And not many people do that because I believe that all that preparation of everything you've done to that point shows up, you know, for you. We were talking right now, before we started to go recording, like neither of us rehearsed or anything else like that because we've done the work and we're in the moment. And I think it shows up, but sometimes we forget. What happened throughout the day and one of the things you could do is just to talk to somebody or just in your mind, go through and just walk yourself through that day. And the more you do it after a few days gets easier and you start to build it because, and the reason why it's not just our facts and figures and whatever you're remembering, but just remember your life. One of the reasons I'm so passionate about this is is because my grandmother uh, passed of Alzheimer's and it was really hard to see her go. Cause this was like when I was like five or six, she passed when I was seven. And that's when I had my head first hand injury when I was five and I was labeled broken and I had these challenges and she was taking care of me. But then if anyone knows anyone who suffered from dementia, she was like, she would call me by my father's name. She would repeat something she just said 30 seconds ago. And, and when you're a child, you just, you don't understand this. So it leaves an impression on you, especially when you're going through your own issues. And then where she was taking care of me, I was taking care of her. And um, that's why we donated 100% of the proceeds to um, Alzheimer's research for women and, and her and in memory of her and education initiatives, building schools, for children in, in need, but we, we do it because of this mission. But going back to this, part of what helps you remember is like when people lose their memory, they they lose their humanity almost. They lose like that thing that binds who they are together. And that's why it's a great exercise to do. It only takes three minutes. might be a little bit hard at first, just like doing some burpees or some jumping jacks if you're not used to it, but be consistent and it gets easier. Another thing I do for my brain, that's really can move the needle for a lot of people is obviously prioritizing your sleep. And that goes without saying, especially when you're stressed, it's interesting. We actually, neuroplasticity actually has been shown to happen when you're sleeping. Just like when you don't build a muscle, when you work out, you build it when you rest. And we know that, but same thing with your long-term memory and all all your memory muscles, neuroplasticity is happening after you give it novelty and you feed it nutrition. It happens when you sleep. So really prioritize your sleep. and, And I know you probably have had experts talk about this and we've done multiple podcasts on optimizing sleep. One of the things I do fun before I go to sleep that helps me sleep, as I mentioned, I had a lot of like stress around it because of my breathing disorder and I would have to wear CPAP and all this really sexy stuff to go to bed with. I would actually do this gratitude thing where after I go through three minutes of, What my day was i'll pull up one two or three things that just were really special and that gratitude puts you has been shown to put you in a rest and digest parasympathetic mode for people who know that and it just helps me to just connect with myself i also do this kind of gratitude thing where i just go down scan my body toes to top of my head and just be grateful for those you know parts of my body i think if people want to feel wealthy That if you don't want to feel desperate and trying to need something, start from a place of wealth because our thoughts are like the language of our mind, but our feelings are like the language of our body. And if you don't want to feel separate from what you want out there, maybe just feel gratitude for all the stuff that you do have. And it creates a great foundation. And one of the ways to feel wealthy is just, I'll do an exercise at night, which is still good for my mind because it'll help it give me like wind down a little bit and just say, what are all the things I have in my life that money can't buy? That I went trade for millions of dollars, relationships or your ability to, to breathe or be able to see these little things, which are the big things. And then I will, I don't know if you ever experienced this, George, but you have to get up like particularly early and you set an alarm clock mm-hmm. and you wake up within minutes of 4.30 or whatever, or seconds even. And that's the power of your, your mind. That's a power of setting an intention, even unconsciously before you go to bed. And what if we use that same potential to be able to introduce a new question, something maybe that you want to solve, maybe in your business, maybe a new way of innovating, maybe something personal in a family, you want to be able to come up with a a solution for something or a decision you need to make. What if you pose that question while you're in that relaxed state of awareness before going to bed and you tap into the same potential as your ability to wake up within moments of an alarm going off? What if you ask yourself that question and not ruminate over it, but think about it and then just release it? And then we find that one of the best ways of, amazing ways of innovating is through our dream states. And we don't have to go through it too much, but in the book that read uh, and I was doing research for it, that Mary Shelley came up with the idea of Frankenstein in her dream. Paul McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. Chemist created the periodic table, the whole framework in his dream. Because so your brain doesn't shut off at night, it's actually more active. And what is it doing? It's, it's going after those learnings or those whatever you worked on all day or studied all day. And so the first thing I do for my memory when I wake up is I remember my dreams. I, I go through and I decide to remember my dreams. Like I set an intention that I'm going to when I the night before that I'm gonna have great dreams and I'm gonna remember them. I, I just make sure also I I write them after I get up. You yeah, know, by my bed I have a I have a gratitude journal and a dream journal, like two journals by my bed. So it's very easy. I think it's so important. We've all heard the phrase, first you create your habits, then your habits create you. Right? I think it's so important for ha- habit and we do a whole chapter in the book on you know, creating habits and, and breaking old habits is to make the things that are good for you easy and to make the things that are not good for you difficult it's, if you don't want to touch your phone that first half an hour of today, like that we talk about, because it rewires your brain for distraction and reaction and all that stuff, then just not having the phone there or having an analog clock, it just makes it easier because you set it up. If you go to a restaurant and you, they put bread right in front of you, that's like, you have to, it's easier to say no once, <laughs> no, thank nope. you. As opposed to saying 50 times in my mind, no, I'm not going to eat that bread. No, yes. I'm not eating the bread, but setting up your environment to, to be good for you. That's why I have my dream journal there and my gratitude journal there. So it's easy for me to do. I have a fiction book by my bedstand. I don't read be at night nonfiction because I don't want to get in my executive brain. I don't want to read books on marketing and neuroscience, but I like, I find that what helps me relax is light fiction reading. And I want to remind all our entrepreneur friends who do already read a lot of nonfiction books that to read fiction. There's a real benefit for reading fiction books. It's something that I resisted for a long time. My books are primarily you know, 100% nonfiction books in every category you can imagine. But um, taking time, it's actually been shown to, to boost your EQ. People talk about IQ. We don't hear a lot about EQ, emotional intelligence, your level of empathy your storytelling, through narrative, uh, which is so important for marketing and when building as an entrepreneur to be able to to imagine and and create. And I believe these are the real limitless things because there's no limit. Limitless is not about being perfect. Limitless is about advancing and progressing beyond what you believe is possible. And things that are truly limitless are the things that aren't going to be outsourced to a machine. They're not going to go to a computer, AI and automated. uh, There's no limit to our creativity, no limit to our imagination. The things I believe the future belongs to the creators, these entrepreneurs that are thinking in different ways and looking at things uh, and asking new questions. And so these are some of the things that I do, and I'll remember my dreams, and I think it's a great exercise because we'll probably spend a third of our lives sleeping. But actually you could be able to tap into that dormant potential it Has a lot of treasure there as well. And then a couple of quick things. First thing in the, in the morning, I will, I'll hydrate. It's So important, but you can lose up. People don't, they know this, but they don't, if they're not acting on it, uh, you can lose up to a pound of water through sleep, respiration, perspiration, and just staying hydrated is shown to boost your reaction time and thinking speed upwards of 30%, just staying hydrated. That's insane. The first thing I'll do in the morning I'll I'll make my bed, take two minutes. And I've been talking about this for decades, but it's just how you do anything is how you do everything. Excellence is a habit. So train yourself to do something excellent in two minutes. And then you'll take more likely take that excellence into other areas of your life. Plus your brain loves a clean environment. It loves a clean environment. And so it really thrives. Your external world is a reflection of your internal world. But We do. We have a lot of these tips online, obviously, in our yeah. podcast and other places, but and yeah. I, I can geek out with you so much. No, I
0: mean, that. I'm going to I'm going to respect your time. We're about a minute over. I'm going to say this again. If you're listening to this or watching this, you need to go back and listen to that last 15 minutes on repeat because I'm going to like, Jim, you packed five hours (laughs) into the 10 minutes and it was so perfect. It was so perfect. And a lot of it was really helpful for me as well. And it's really powerful stuff. So I'm going to say this because I want to be respectful of your time, Jim, and for everybody here, just for everybody listening, I would highly recommend getting Limitless, the book. It's Jim's book. I've read it numerous times. I've gifted it to so many people that, and I'm I'm like having a proud daddy moment because I was there on day one, but go listen to Jim's podcast, the quick brain podcast. It is amazing. And it's designed for you to listen to it, get you set up to win and go implement it. It's not 10 hours of talking. Like it literally is training your brain and programming your brain to win with the world's best brain coach in your corner, because it is him. It's his voice leading into it. And so it's called the quick brain podcast, the limitless book. So Jim, I just have one last question, only take about 10 seconds. It's an absolute honor and gift to have you on the show. I'd love to have you back. We'll do another one and I can't wait to see you again soon too. But one question I always ask every guest is everybody listening right now, if you could tattoo one thing on their soul, one takeaway, one thought to remember, one belief to remember, what would that be?
1: Wow. One one belief. Of, I'll go there. As I mentioned, my one of my modern day superheroes is Stanley. And I've told you this story before, but he wanted to choose another modern day superhero, Richard Branson, they wanted to meet. And so we go to dinner and I pick him up and in the back of the car, Stan, I have Stan. I was like, I have to ask this. You've created all these amazing superheroes. Who is your favorite? He says, Jim, it's Iron Man. And he says, Jim, who's your favorite superhero? And he has a Spider-Man tie. And I said, Spider-Man. And without a pause, he goes with his iconic voice, with great power comes great responsibility. And, and I still, to this day, truth be told, sometimes switch words around when I read or I hear, maybe from my challenges as my, with my brain and everything, but I heard something different. And I said, Sam, you're right. With great power comes great responsibility. And the opposite is also true. With great responsibility comes great power. Great responsibility comes great power. When we take responsibility for something, we have great power to make things better. Instead of blaming and complaining, we, I want to remind everyone, we can't be upset by the results we didn't get from the work we didn't do. And blame and complain and excuses, it just wastes an immense amount, besides the fact the person probably doesn't want to hear that, <laughs> or maybe they're even happy for you, that uses an immense amount of time and energy that an entrepreneur needs. A reminder that we need to feed our business before it feeds us. And sometimes you have to do what you, what other people won't do so you can have a life other people can have, have. But it starts with taking personal responsibility. And when we own something, own our mistakes, own our learning, own that the past helped to shape our environment or who we are today, that we are 100% responsible for our life today and moving forward. And I feel like that all great progress starts with personal responsibility and ownership. And, and that's why, one of the reasons why I respect you, like we, we connected so well because it shows when people take ownership and they don't, they're not looking to put it outside on themselves. When you have the agency here, then you have the great power to make things better. And I wish that upon everybody who's listening right now, is that wherever you are in life, just if you look back, just do it because it's just seeing how far you've come and then how much you've learned. And if you're struggling right now, I, I wish you... That so much strength right now and that you inspire people with your grit and your grace with people who are watching. And and, 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 and again, at these difficult times, the goal here is let's not shrink our dreams to meet this current situation. Let's really expand our mind, expand our discipline, expand our capabilities, our training to be able to meet those grand, those grand dreams that we desire and that we really deserve, all of you.
0: Well, I'm going to go journal. And I'm going to have a tear. And, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to challenge everyone to try
1: something right please, now. George, please, yeah. yeah. Um, take everyone, take a screenshot of whatever you're, however you're engaging with this right now and tag George, tag myself on social media. And, and just put one thing you're going to do for your better brain. Just one thing. Maybe it's prioritizing your sleep. Maybe it's not to eat that fried high sugar foods. Maybe it's just mind, be mindful of your self-talk. Maybe it's introducing one small, simple habit, because I believe the key here is that knowledge by itself. Again, is not power, it's potential power, it becomes power when we work it. it, is to do one little thing. I call it a small, simple step, S3. What is a tiny little action you could take right now? Because one step in another direction can completely change your destination. So write that in your post or online, wherever you put it, tag us post so we see it. I'll actually repost some of my favorites mm-hmm. to you know, our community. And, and I'll actually gift out a copy of the book to one person at random just for being playful and curious.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm not going to touch that. Everybody go do that. Screenshot it. Tag us. Tell us the one thing you're going to do to feed your brain. Jim will share it. I'll share it. Jim will give you a book. I'll give you a book and anything else that I can think of. Jim, from the bottom of my heart, brother, it was so good to have you. Thank you for being here. Yeah. And uh, for everybody listening, go find Jim on all the interwebs. He's pretty easy to find. Jim Quick, K-W-I-K. The book is Limitless. The podcast is Quick Brain, Quick Learning. You'll find him everywhere that Google can help you find him. This was another episode of Free For All Friday on the Mind of George Show. Remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. And until next time, I will see you in the next episode or you'll hear me in your earballs. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Mind of George Show.